This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get, get it, it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Raider Nation, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you may be. It is a good one if you're part of Raider Nation. The Raiders, 27 to 20 winners over the Los Angeles Chargers, a big game at Allegiant Stadium. The Raiders scare everybody towards the end uh, after the 14 point lead evaporates a little bit. But they come up big when they have to, and that's all that matters. It's a win. Hi, everybody. It's Scott Branson. This is Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. We certainly appreciate you being with us. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe wherever you may listen to us. If you're listening to us on audio, awesome. Wherever you get your podcast is where you can find us, by the way. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscription and the notifications bell as well, but the Raiders now move to five and seven, three in a row. Raider Nation, how are you feeling about that? Two overtime victories followed by a huge win at home against the Chargers. Uh, just so much to talk about this one. The Raiders go to three and two in the AFC West, uh, and also put a little wrinkle in the Chargers' uh, fight for the playoffs, and perhaps the Raiders are starting to establish themselves. Yes, a lot would have to happen for this team to make it to the playoffs, but who knows? It could happen. Joining us for the show, as always we do on the postgame, is our good friend Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. He's coming to us live. You're going to hear it a little bit noisy. He's coming to us live from the Bet MGM Casino at the Gold Strike Casino in Tunica, Mississippi, and he is here with the voice of the fan, Murph. Uh, as a fan, boy, this was a great one. It started off a little rocky again, uh, but then, of course, uh, they, they turn it around and things got better, and sure enough, this Raider team continues to improve, and that's what you got to like. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. You know, so this is what we got five more before we start our uh, run through the AFC uh uh, playoff uh, picture and then find our <laughs> way into the Super Bowl. I've, I've, I've only been telling you guys this for three weeks that we're going to go run this thing out. 
Um, but in all seriousness, though, I mean, it was such a great game today. Uh, always great when you can beat a division rival. Always great to beat the Dolts, especially at Allegiant Stadium where we walked them off last year. And so, yeah, what a fun game today. And uh, yeah, it's, a good, it's a good time to be a Raider fan. I know it didn't start off early the way that we wanted it to, but I uh, hear, you know, a little past midseason, man. It's looking pretty good. Well, and I'll tell you what, the thing that got me crazy, and I know, listen, we have so many performances to talk about. Of course, Josh Jacobs, 26 carries, 144 yards, a touchdown. Devontae Adams, if there's any question on whether or not he's the best receiver, yes, Tyreek Hill had a big day, too. Those guys are going neck and neck for that. Eight catches, 177 yards, two touchdowns. But I got to start with this guy because we're going to get into those. Listen, everybody's been paging, paging Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, please earn your $17 million. To me, this was the double nickel game, at least the first half. He came out three sacks on the day, Murph. You got to love that. Absolutely. I mean, who is this kid? I mean, when 55 comes out of nowhere, was he a rookie? Uh, but, you know, it was so amazing to see him go nuts today. And frankly, like, this game was clearly defined by the defense. I would even argue that it was clearly defined by the defense and Josh Jacobs, of course. But, but really, defend, the defense commanded this game from early on. Uh, and much respect to, you know, Tillery, uh, Matthew Butler, you know, of course, uh, Crosby and Jones got loose. Like, we really saw that what we expected early on or, or whatever in this offseason when we made all these moves and we, we built all this defense and did all these things. Because I still go back to, you know, a handful of weeks ago when everybody was saying that, well, we didn't do enough on defense. And I'd said, bull crap. Yes, we did. We made serious moves on defense, including bringing in a new coordinator. So we've made plenty of moves. Now, whether those things were going to pan out or not was yet to be seen. But early on, yeah, they didn't pan out. And, yeah, we struggled, especially with interior line pressure. And now we saw that today. And, you know, what happens when you get Tillery and Butler and those guys pushing up the middle, but then it frees up guys like Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, allows them to take some one-on-ones. And next thing you know, look what we've got. We're getting to Herbert, man. Great day today on the defense. Yeah, and that to me is such a big deal because you, you've seen that defense struggle so often, and a lot of you I know have talked about it, and people are, are talking about it in the chat and, and how well they did. We also have a poll up on YouTube uh, on the player of the game, Chandler Jones with the three sacks, Josh Jacobs or Devontae Adams. So far, it's a landslide for Devontae Adams, although all three of those guys, in my view, deserve a game ball for the game they had out there. But Murph, that defense, I thought, especially since Carr and the offense really struggled at the beginning of the game, of course, the pick six uh, and the first few drives just could not, they could not get that thing going. And the defense came out on some, and this is what we talked about the last two weeks, Murph. I want to get your comments on this. We talked about this defense kind of setting the pace and the intensity level, and they do it again here in this big AFC West game at home against the Chargers. Yeah, it was really nice, and especially since we're apparently we've taken this approach that we're going to have a sleeper offense and we're not going <laughs> to focus on Devontae Adams and Matt Collins and the other guys that are good at catching the ball, especially Devontae Adams, as you mentioned. Um, so we're not going to feature them in the first quarter. We're only going to run Josh Jacobs. And, it with, and to, you know, I think to questionable success there early on. But it was all defense. Like, that's the thing that – and, like, and not only was that pass rush evident, but, you know, it, here's, there is a such thing as complementary football. And when you have a good pass rush and then you have good coverage in the secondary, like, to you know, to basically to give that pass rush an opportunity and time to get home, like – Nate Hobbs, anyone? Like, how great was it to see that young man come back? And, like, and again, like, showed up immediately from the, from the get-go. 
you know, Rocky Sin had a, had a couple questionable plays, but a, a very sure-handed tackler. And I know Amit got burned on that one deep, and, and you know, and Keenan Allen was letting him know. Um, but aside from that, like our secondary held up today. And the last thing I'll, I'll say on this, Scott, too, is especially in the secondary – like, we're peanut punching like crazy. We saw Merrick do it. We saw Darar and Harmon do it and knocked out that fumble. Like, how like refreshing is it to see a Raider defense create turnovers? Like, oh, my gosh, this, this is amazing, right? Yeah, that's, that's true, exactly, because you have to have those takeaways. And we look at uh, the Raiders on the day, especially. Here, here's a couple things I want to point out. You talked about the turnovers, right? Uh, the fact that the uh, Chargers fumbled once, of course, the interception. Uh, but you look at also... The Raiders, three penalties, only 15 yards in the game. Uh, it was a well-played game by both sides in that in that realm, four for 20 for the Chargers as well. Uh, but the Raiders were able to control that. They also controlled um, the uh, the time of possession, mostly up until the last quarter when the when the Chargers actually pulled ahead there. But you look at this performance all the way around from, from this team and what they were able to do on offense after starting early uh, at, at a slow pace. They really picked it up, and I think that's what I'm noticing most most Murph about this team as it goes on this win streak of three games, which is they are, they are limiting mistakes. They make them the right. There's still some deficiencies out there, but they've been so much more resilient. And I have to say, and, and I know some people out there who don't like Derek Carr are going to like this, but after his meltdown at the podium, things all have seemed to change. And I know you got a lot of attention this week for your position on how you handle the Derek Carr situation and your opinion of Derek Carr, which was great. Uh, shout out to uh, the guys at Raiders Beat for that. Um, but you look at this thing, and it seems to all have changed after that moment. It just has. Absolutely it has. And, you know, and we, we, during that moment, we talked about, you know, the – the definition of leadership and the different definitions of leadership. And there are a lot of different ways to lead, right? You can lead by example. You can lead by, you know, your, 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 your actions on and off the field. You can lead by, you know, being vocal. You can lead a lot of different ways. Derek's an emotional guy and Derek led with his emotion and his passion for the Raiders and look, and you could, and there was plenty of criticism about him during those moments, but look, obviously the team has responded to him because here's the thing is that like, and I love what you said there, Scott, is that, you know, the, the, the team, despite headwinds, as the kids say, mm -hmm. despite those things happening to them, they still persevere. They still push through. One of the hallmarks of, of classic Raider teams is that, yeah, we used to get a bunch of bad calls against us, but we won anyways. It was that idea that, like, yeah, things external are going to happen. Well, what do you do to push through them? And so whether it's Derek throwing that pick six, which was, I mean, I don't know what, what you guys saw, or, and I'd be curious to hear, like, what Mo and guys that know <laughs> film, like, what they think, but, like, to me, it looked like a bad pass. It looked like I don't even I don't yeah, know what he just was, was reading weird. there. I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. I didn't know what he saw. So, but to bounce back from that, and then like, and it's not just him though. And this is right. what I think is so cool about this version of the Raiders. They're a collective effort. No one backs down. No one's quitting. When things start to go, when we give up a freaking touchdown on fourth and twelve, you don't see this. You know what I mean? You don't yes. see the body language negative, and which is, and here's what's really strange too. That might have been a hallmark of Raider teams in the past. What do you call it? Quitting or whatever you want to call it. And I'm yeah. talking about the past past, like, you know, early 2000s and whatnot. Well, past Gruden anyways. But we <laughs> saw that this year. Yeah. We saw that this season, we did. Scott. We saw yes. that in the first few weeks of the season. And so to, like, something change. I'm with you on that. And so, like, the demeanor is different. There's fire. There's energy. There's passion. And what else could you want as a fan? And, and listen, 
I joke all the time that we're going to run this thing out and go 10 and 7 and make a run to the Super Bowl. And my delusional silver and black heart tells me we're going to do that. <laughs> but the realistic part of me says that, like, hey, that may not happen. So, but that said, like, that, the team, though, believes and the team's going to continue to fight. And so as a fan, that's all you can want because – the, I'm gonna shut up. I'm rambling now. But the days no, of like good. where you just turn you turn it on the TV and you're just like, oh, here we go. And by the first end of the first quarter, you're like, all right, now what am I gonna do with the rest of my day? You know what I mean? Like we're yeah. so far past those days. And so yeah, I, I think it's a see, record's not what we want it to be, Raider Nation. But the season is. I mean, it's still pretty exciting if you ask me. Yeah, but but I think your point is well taken there. And as as someone who looks tries to look at things objectively, and I don't look at it as like you guys do through the fan lens. Yeah, I don't think ten and seven is necessarily possible. But is it impossible? And my answer would be no. I was just tweeting with somebody and talking to somebody in the chat where I said, "Yeah, it's probably not going to happen." Because Mo had tweeted out, "Well, ten and seven. That's what I predicted." Look, it'll take a lot. It <laughs> it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it's impossible, but I will tell you, you look at some of the guys that they let go, including Jonathan Abram and all that stuff, and I wish him the best of luck, but it just seems like they finally identified the guys who were all in, Murph, and those guys, to your point, they're fighting in these games. They did not let up towards the end of this game like we had seen earlier in the season. Yeah, absolutely, and you know that, I, wow, what, and what, what, I don't know, I think perseverance is the only thing that I can think of, and especially defensively, because we all crushed Patrick Graham for the majority oh, yes. of the season, yes. myself included. Like, like I was the I was the guy going like, not that my opinion matters, but I'm like, let's move on. <laughs> like, let's give the headset to Rob Ryan and move on to somebody else because this ain't working. Well, now it's working, and so like I'm gonna eat those words. Like, and and what an amazing turnaround um, by Patrick Graham in this defense that you know we from all the things that we heard, all the boastful claims, all those things that happened early on, in, the, in especially in the offseason, like none of that stuff was showing up, and now it is showing up. You see the adjustments. You see the relentless attack. You see that, like, the, like there's no slowdown on this defense. Denzel Perryman That's... once again today. Max Crosby again today. Jerron Harmon again today. You know, I mentioned Nate Hobbs earlier. Like, these guys just come at you every single damn play, Scott. And, like, you know, that, if that's fun football to watch when you see that. Yeah, absolutely. Some additions on the defense also help, too. We're going to step aside. If you're listening to us on audio, by the way, we're going to step aside for a moment. Uh, if you're with us on video, we'll be right back. But if you're on audio, hold on. We're going to come back after this break. Uh, we have Murph with the voice of the fan here from Raiders Fan Radio. Of course, he is live with us from the Bet MGM Sportsbook in Gold, at the Gold Strike Casino, excuse me, in Tunica, Mississippi. So we'll get back to him when we come back as well as in, in addition to you. Raiders 27-20 winners over the Dolts, as you guys like to call them. I used to call them, too, when I grew up watching them. Uh, but you're listening to Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. Silver and black today, the post-game edition. The Raiders 27-20 winners over the Chargers. Yes, they had a 14-point lead in the second half, and they held on. It looked like for a minute there, Murph, I was getting a little nervous. I, I even tweeted, this kind of looks like a rerun when they started giving up first downs. But they hold on, and the Raiders win again. Do us a favor. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, we are Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. If you haven't done that, do us a favor. Just subscribe. Hit the auto-download, and make sure you also subscribe here on the YouTube channel. If you're watching us, hit subscriptions and the notifications bell. Also, Please do my favor, a favor, I should say, for my friend, Murph, Raiders Fan Radio on YouTube. Make sure you go follow the channel. I know a lot of our viewers and listeners already do that. If you don't, you're missing out. you got to catch the show live on Wednesday nights uh, from the Fan Cave, which is the best set in all of Raiders content dumb. Uh, content dumb? Oh, my gosh. That sounds dumb. Anyway, Murph joining us live from the MGM, uh, Bet MGM Sportsbook at the Gold Strike Casino in Tunica, Mississippi. And Murph, um, I'll tell you what, you know, this whole, this team's resiliency has to make fans feel better. Absolutely. I mean, it feels great today. And Scott, by the way, you can't see anything done. I do a co-host, uh, I co-host the show with Swag <laughs> Jeff for crying out loud. So, I mean. Uh, he's watching, by uh, the way. He's live with uh, us on YouTube there. <laughs> he's my best friend. I took a shot at him. I didn't even know he was on, but, you know, I was hoping we'd catch it up later for sure. Um, Sorry, Jeff. You know I love you. Um, but yes, so so speaking of that resiliency, right? Like to, to go back to and you asked about how we feel as fans. It feels great because like we saw that you know the, the mistakes get made and then the recovery. Josh Jacobs. We, we talk about on the defensive side of the ball, so I'd like to kind of flip it to Josh Jacobs and give him his flowers. Like now like we saw him, you know, he, he established himself early on, but then had the fumble, right? But they came right back and then and and. You know, really, we have two closers. Well, now maybe Chandler Jones. But for the most part, we have two closers now in this football team. We have Max Crosby on the defense and Josh Jacobs on the offense. And I'm not taking away anything away from Devontae Adams and Derek Carr or the mm -hmm. offensive line or any of the other pieces that have fed into the win. But, like, those two guys, like, seem to jump out on both sides of the ball every single week. And I know they play completely different positions and all that. But, like, that resiliency, though, and that, that dog in them that you see every single week with Josh Jacobs and, and Max Crosby. And like, so again, like as a fan, like that's encouraging, like that's, that's fun. Like that's what we want out of, out of our, out of our football team. And, and so, you know, that's give us something to root for, you know, that's ultimately yes. what it comes down to is that do we have something to root for going into each game? And now we've now, so now look at where we're set up on the season and I don't want to jump too far ahead. And yeah. Scott, but now so here we won three in a row. Now we've got the Lambs, right? And we know we can win in L.A. because that's our hometown, all right? And then we've got the Patriots on what I was expecting we were going to get flexed out of on a Sunday night game. Yeah. I don't think so now. No. Now all of a sudden that's got some playoff implications if we can beat the Lambs. For both teams, and absolutely. Absolutely. And you don't think freaking Josh McDaniels is going to have some extra mustard on his playbook going up against the hoodie? Like, oh, I'm yeah. telling you, like, this is going to be a great game. So, I mean, again, I'm not jumping too far ahead. 
But just like what we talked about coming into this game, hey, yeah, we're one and zero this week. But then what's the next one? What's the what is this? What could this extrapolate out to and look like over the next series of weeks? And so that's encouraging. And until we lose two more, like we we're still in this thing. We're still in the conversation. Absolutely. And the other thing I want to ma- first of all, I think by far. Um, and I know it's it, it, maybe it's anticlimactic saying this. I, I without without doubt, to me, the biggest win of the season, the best win of the season for the Raiders, because not just because it's third in a row, Murph, but because of who you beat. It's it's an AFC West rival, and of course, we saw the Chiefs lose today to the Cincinnati Bengals, so they lose their top uh, spot. So again, that game at the end of the season, no matter what happens the rest of the way, the Raiders are going to play in the playoff picture. Because the Chiefs and, and Bills, I think, are going to go down to the wire on who will be the number one seed, which is incredibly important, especially if you got to go to Buffalo in January. Nobody wants to do that uh, if you're the Chiefs. So, so a huge deal. The other thing I want to mention right now and give a lot of credit, and I love how you say give them flowers, this offensive line, holy crap, this offensive line over the last three games has been unbelievable today, did not allow a sack today. And that guy, Khalil Mack, still on the other side, still a good ball player, okay? Yes, they're missing Bosa and some other guys on defense. It doesn't matter, though. This offensive line creating the holes that Josh Jacobs is running through, creating an amazing pocket for Derek Carr to throw those dimes to Devonte Adams Murph these guys I can't believe I'm saying it but these guys have settled in and they are playing some gosh dang good ball oh my gosh unbelievable and, I, and before I jump in on the offensive line I do want to I want to say something too Scott you talked about how this team could potentially finish out the season I'll never forget going back to 1999 when the Chiefs go or the Raiders go into Arrowhead, play the Chiefs, knock them out of the playoffs, and the legendary yep. Daryl Russell walking off the field looks into the camera and goes, "We going home?" and they going home. Like that's the kind of thing that we could be. And I know we're not going to quite send them home, but we could knock knock some uh, you know some some uh, luster <laughs> off of the off the Chiefs season this year. So yep. we'll look forward to maybe maybe that. But anyways, but as far as the offensive line goes, this is what's really interesting. You know. Me and plenty of other of us uh, in Raider Nation went in on our coaching staff and their press conferences and about the dismissiveness around some of the criticism and the dismissiveness that they would, you know, seemingly shoo aside comments and questions from media about like, here's some weaknesses, here's some weaknesses. And they would just be like, no, we're fine. We're going to trust the guys we have in house. We're going to trust our coaching staff. And the rest of us are looking at this going like, wait a minute. We've won two games. Like, well, what, are, what are we trusting here? This, is, mm-hmm. this has been a failure as of late. But sure enough, not only defensively that we talked about Patrick Graham, but offensively, Josh McDaniels is doing so much better on his play calling. And I would say that is he doing better or is the players actually executing better like he, you know, kind of alluded to, especially on that flea flicker, by the way, which was uh, <laughs> chef's kiss on that one. Um but like so, so he's doing better there. But give props to Carmen Brasillo and calling oh, this. Yeah. I mean, and coaching this offensive lineup. You know when, and ultimately, like when we came down to like you know the trade deadline and things like that, or even prior to that, Scott, we were like, okay, we could sign this tackle, we could sign this tackle, we could sign this guard, we could sign, and we're all speculating on all these players that the Raiders could go out there and get, and they didn't do anything, and they kept mm-hmm. saying, no, we like who we got, and we're going, but don't you see what happens on the field? 
Yeah, well, they saw what happens on the field, but they also see what happens in practice, and that's not a luxury that we get. And so they knew and what they what they had in house, and they knew that they were going to trust our coaching staff. And sure enough, Carmen Brasillo and the rest of that offensive group has coached these young men up. And Scott, absolutely, it's I mean, who'd have thunk we'd have been here now at this point in the season, looking back to where we were in week three after we got destroyed by the Titans, and saying like, yeah. no, the offensive line is going to be one of the strengths of this football team. Like, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> it is. And, and I'll tell you, I, you bring up a really, really great point. And that is we can all sit here all day. All those of us that do radio, that do video, all kinds of Raider content creators. And we can talk about, hey, Josh Jacobs isn't doing this. Or excuse me, Josh McDaniels isn't doing this. Or Patrick Graham isn't doing this. Or why didn't Dave Ziegler go get an offensive lineman? And, and that's all fair game. But at the end of the day, they did not waver. You remember when Mark Davis said, I think they're doing a great job, and we all laughed. And I, it's still funny to me that he said that when they were 2-7. and seven, But they have their plan. And I think this is something that for fans especially, and I don't blame them because from a fan perspective, you want your team to win. And so when they're not performing up to their ability, then then you're upset. So when somebody says they're doing well, then you say, what are you talking about? I don't want to hear that. I want to hear that you're going to do better. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, Merv, I came on this show and I said, listen, you have got to turn the page and you have to say, okay, it's not turning out the way we want it to at two and seven. So what do we look for? Let's look for a couple little runs here. Let's look at the positives. Is Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, are they clicking together? Is Chandler Jones going to get better? Is Nate Hobbs back and doing better? Is the offensive line improving? And I think that's what you're seeing. Still, some fans will not be satisfied, and I understand. But at this, at this point, with this team going on this three-game run, I don't care who they beat. It doesn't matter. Your schedule is your schedule. And the schedule is somewhat favorable for them to continue to gain confidence and be in ball games. And to me, that's what you have to hook your hat to the rest of the season. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we won back-to-back -back games against, you know, teams with winning records. And, you know, and that was the criticism early on is that we weren't beating good teams. Well, right. now we beat the Chargers and we beat the freaking Seahawks, right? So, like, okay, now, now next man up. And, well, it's unfortunately it's the Lambs and they suck. But, like. You know, but then, we, but then again, we've got we've got the Patriots. So it's like, like you said, we can only play the the, the teams that are in front of us. But like, you know, I don't know. Like I got I, I, I'm. It's always interesting to me when when Raider fan gets caught up in those conversations. And I would just say that like, and I I, I sound like I'm, you know, like a freaking broken record over here. But it's like, just root for the Raiders that are. Don't worry about the Raiders that aren't. We can't, yep. can't do anything about that. We can't do anything about the draft coming up next year. We can't do anything about the coaching staff. Derek Carr is going to be your quarterback evidently now. Guess what, Raider Nation? He's going to be your quarterback next year too. Like <laughs> So, you know, Derek Carr is going to be a quarterback. Mark Davis is going to be your owner. Josh McDaniels is going to be your coach. And there's not a darn thing you can do about that. So just embrace what the Raiders are and let's cheer on and let's root for their success in their current version because it's not going to change. No, you're you're absolutely right. I think that's true. You, unless something drastic happened, which I doubt. But I mean, you look at Derek Carr's day. Derek Carr did not have a great day. He had an efficient day after he settled down in the first half. He finished 16 of 30 for 250 yards, two touchdowns, and the one interception, which is run back for the for the touchdown. So you take out you take out that touchdown, that pick six. And you're talking uh, the Raiders defense only giving up 13 points, including one on a short field. So that's how well the defense played as well. But you look at what they were able to do here. And I think the one thing I kept saying to myself, Murph, and, and, and maybe this is wrong, 
Uh, but I kept looking at that offense when they were starting to get rolling in the second quarter and into the third quarter. And I said, imagine, because Foster Moreau had the one nice catch, the one miss where he was taken off the field and almost put into concussion protocol. But I thought to myself, they don't have Hunter Renfro and they don't have Darren Waller, who are both going to be eligible to come off. And so I look at that team and I said, okay, if those guys can come off and be 70% of what they should be, this team even has more weapons on offense. So just perhaps I'm not giving up yet on some big, massive Hollywood ending where this team wins eight, nine, 10 games. That is such a great call out, Scott. And I had that on my notes, and I just highlighted that as one of the things I wanted to bring up is that, you know, this is what we've, we've got this Raider team that's now won three games in a row. And, yeah, no Renfro and no Waller. And how bad did we miss them today? Shoot, shoot I almost said a bad word. We, 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 we <laughs> win this game by three touchdowns today with those guys. I mean, you know, the way that we were able to work the ball downfield, and I know Derek didn't have the best game today, but he was very strong in the pocket. And, like, yes, one of the things that we've been critical about Derek lately is his happy feet. And, his, you know, he gets, gets rid of the ball too quick. He was staying in the pocket strong, and especially on that one to Devontae Adams to, to let Devontae work downfield. And, and while we're on this offense, and I know we're missing those other guys, tremendously and and this team will improve tremendously when we get them back but can we just appreciate the greatness of, of Devonte adams for a second like there's two plays in this game that, that stood out to me and i know the one got called back but he made makes another late oh. adjustment on the sideline to catch the ball one-handed and, um, and and i referenced it last week that like cliff branch was a great raider and a, and a hall of famer not only because of his speed and that's what he's known for, but his ability to adjust to the football at the last second before the defender even knows what he's doing. That's what truly defined him and made him great. That's what Devontae Adams does. And so not only seeing him do that, but his route running ability, that little stutter go that he ran tonight. I mean, I got chills. He blew that. What was it? A Shanahan or Callahan or whatever that, that DB's name was. I mean, just freaking juked him out of his shorts and ran by him. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, Devontae Adams, I mean, you know, we all knew that he was going to be great as a Raider. You know, and all anybody that said, oh, his production's going to go down. We play with Derek Carr. Yeah, okay. You want yeah. that one back? Um, but, like, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing to me. Just his, his greatness, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's unmatched. Like you, you said, he's the best wide receiver in football. And all you got to do is watch a game like today. And he didn't even barely show up in the first quarter. Maybe no. to his fault or not, not to his fault. I don't know, but like, but you know, but he really didn't get effective until the second quarter. And so just, I mean, the guy's killing it. Yeah. It's, and it's a good question. I'm glad you brought that thing up too, because with, with Adams being targeted, because of course, even the broadcasters called it out uh, on the game, uh, Archuleta and Gumble when they said, Devontae, yeah, we haven't heard from Devontae Adams at all in the first quarter because they compared that too with the Chargers not going to Keenan Allen. And so I sat there, and then as they started to go to him and when they went to him, it was so uh, diligent and so on target that I'm starting to wonder, Murph, and I know, I know a lot of fans, including me covering the team, I've, I've criticized McDaniels for getting too cute, even though the second game in a row with a flea flicker for a touchdown, by the way, um, to what you mentioned earlier, but but – you start to look at that, and it perhaps, just perhaps, is Josh McDaniels doing that on purpose? Is he waiting to go to Devontae Adams? Does he lull that defense into sleep for some reason and then suddenly flips the switch and says, okay, now we're going to go heavy towards him? It almost seems like it's planned. You know, I, I mean, he's a little bit of a mad scientist, isn't he? So, you know, I wouldn't I would put it past him. And, and you know, I, I got to give him credit too, Scott. Like, 
you know, we, we all gave Josh McDaniels plenty of crap. And if we see another sweep on fourth and one, like, I, listen, you're going to he'll catch more crap from us, too. <laughs> like, just run that thing yes, up in sir. there. But, I, um, but I, I got I to admit, man, at least, again, I don't know the ins and outs of the play calling. I, I think few of us do. But for those that understand it most, even they can give credit to the idea that there are changes, right? There are adjustments. And, yes, we can pin a lot of it on player execution, but you also just see a little bit more consistency with this play calling. You see a little bit more rhythm to it. It seems like when we're watching the game now, we see a little bit more rhythm. And I'll give him credit, too. His management at the end of this game was fantastic. And you think about, like, what do head coaches need to do best? Head coaches are not coaching positions, per se. Yes, mm -hmm. he's in the offensive coordinator by, you know, de facto, because Mick Lombardi, I don't know what that guy does. But um, so, so he's got his, his role, but, but effectively the, the head coach is the manager of the team, right? It's your game day managing. You're managing the overall operation of the, of, the, and the, of, of the team. And then your coordinators and your position coaches, those are the guys with the hands on. So what are you most dependent on your head coach for? In this case, it's Josh McDaniels play calling and his game management. Well, he called a great game and I'll give him props on the game management because not only did I feel like he managed the play calling in the fourth quarter, very well. Yeah, there could be some things could be questioned, of course, like anything could. But mm -hmm. for the most part, it was great. But my favorite, play, my favorite thing he did all game long, timeout when freaking I forget who it was was running off the field. Would have been twelve men on the field. Would have negated. Tillery. It was when, Tillery. No, oh, thank you. Would, yeah. Tillery was on the field when he gave the play. And Josh, because I'm going, why do we call timeout? Like we looked like we were going to maybe have a sack on the play. Sure yeah. enough, Josh McDaniels does the right thing, hits that timeout, and like. That's what you want to have. You know, that heightened yep. sense of awareness, that investment, that presence for your coach. Like, I mean, that's you, you would think it would be things like that would be easy at the NFL level, but how many times do we see NFL head coaches blow that kind of stuff? And Josh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, when we come back from this break, Murph, we're going to pick up on that because I want I do want to talk about that uh, and Josh McDaniels and the job he's doing. In fact, one of our viewers slash listeners, Jordan Ford, who writes into our mailbag show on Wednesday. So, hey, what's up, Jordan? Uh, wrote something. And I want to get back to that and talk about Josh McDaniels, talk about the coaching staff and what's going on there and how it's improved and what we're seeing that tells us that is the case. We're going to take a break. If you're watching us on video, we'll be back real quick. If you're on the audio side of our silver and black today original audio odyssey excuse me i'm so excited after the win it was so fun to watch that i can't speak uh no we're on odyssey original podcast make sure you subscribe to it and subscribe here to the youtube channel it's murph and scott we'll be back right after this message welcome back raider nation on a night when you can celebrate, yes, the Raiders, winners of three in a row. They move to five and seven on the season. Yes, 500 is in the offing. You can see it, Raider Nation. I know you wanted a Super Bowl title, but hey, let's figure out where this team's going uh, and support them as they try to forge on to a more respectable record. And most importantly, improvement. This is Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Do us a favor, make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get it, wherever you listen to your audio, and also make sure you subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube and hit the notifications bell. Also, must do me a favor, my co-host tonight, as always, on the post-game show is Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Make sure you also go to Raiders Fan Radio on YouTube right now. Subscribe. Just open another browser on the side. Go to Raiders Fan Radio and subscribe and make sure you catch the show on Wednesday night. Murph is joining us live from the Bet MGM Casino at the Golden Strike Casino 
in Tunica, Mississippi. I should say the BetMGM Sportsbook, where he is at. That's why he's got that cool back. Murph always kills me on the backdrops because he's got the fan cave, which is awesome. And now he's in Tunica. Living it up like a, a big spender that he is. And he's got all this, this this expanse casino space on a Super Bowl, or excuse me, on an NFL Sunday. It's looking good, man. You having fun down there with your son? Oh, oh my gosh. It's been a blast. Actually, I'm down here with my girl, Valerie. My oh, that's right. Your son was last so, yeah. week. The son was last week. We visited him down down in Biloxi and so yeah we're here in Tunica and I gotta tell you these folks have rolled out the red carpet and, and much thanks to Safern and, and thanks to Jennifer here who's our who's taking care of us tonight uh, I mean it's been an amazing experience they've, they've they've hooked us all up with pretty much run of the place and so we couldn't be more thankful and yeah if you're ever finding yourself in northern Mississippi you want to go check out a casino or go check out a sports book the food is fantastic they got 50 HD screens around here like it's the it's it's I got a there's a top golf suite right over here to my left and people are going Sweet. nuts at it's a, it's a blast around here it's fun that's awesome of course Tunica Mississippi close to Tupelo right which is where the birthplace of Elvis Presley you can run up to the road to Memphis you can go over you go all the way around yeah, right? it's, uh, yeah, it's got good. a lot of good stuff going on down there yeah, it's like 20 minutes from Memphis. Yeah, right. Yep. That's just a little south. Yep. Exactly. So we appreciate him being with us. But Murph, I, I want to talk about Jordan Ford, one of our great listeners and great viewers on YouTube of the postgame show. Uh, also sends in mail to the mailbag show. Just w one of the great silver and black today audience out there who's always watching. Um, he, he said, and I want to make this comment because we were talked about Josh McDaniels to, to close out the last segment. And I want to bring him up again because he says the only thing that scares me about them coming back is McDaniels getting too cute again. So what we saw, and and, jo and, and Jordan, thank you again for your comment up on YouTube because um, I want to talk about this. Early on in the season, you mentioned it, Murph. We were very critical. All of us were critical of how Josh McDaniels managed the game. It wasn't good, plain and simple. I'm not going to go back and yeah. change my words then because it wasn't. But we saw a point of, of kind of no return, and it seemed as though Josh McDaniels started to change the way he looked at things. He started to recognize the personnel he had, i.e. Josh Jacobs, and started to run the ball, started to change his play calling, not get too cute. He was doing ends around, all that kind of jazz we saw in the first six or seven games of the season. Now, yes, he's still got his little tricks in the bag with the flea flicker, but the players know it works. They've used it effectively now twice for touchdowns. But I, you, no matter what you feel about Josh McDaniels, you cannot, you cannot say this three-game win streak has nothing to do with how he's evolved. Absolutely. And don't you want to, you know, don't you want to see, you know, constant improvement from your coaching staff and in your team's performance on the field and not regression, right? Like one of the, the clearest signs of bad coaching and frankly in any sport is regression. Like if you're, you know, you take the same group of individuals and you're worse, you know, game to game to game or year to year to year and you have the same coaching staff, like typically that's a very good sign of, of regression and, and a lack of ability or lack of effectiveness, we'll say, uh, from a coaching staff. Well, this Raider team is doing the opposite. And so that's I, I think that's what's uniquely encouraging about this football team is that where we went from being a playoff team last year and then saw immediate regression coming mm -hmm. into this year. And, we, and so my thought was, well, this is a bad coaching staff because they've regressed. But then they have turned this corner. And like you said, Josh is improving week to week to week. And you, look, he's still the head man. And all those things that I talked about earlier about like him overseeing the and 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 and. and him overseeing the most important thing to me is the culture of the organization and the culture of the locker room. Right. That culture is operating at a high level. Now, yes, the stats and yes, the records didn't show what we wanted them to show early on, 
But at this point in the season, and at, and at this point where it's all going, it's nothing but positivity. So, again, I, I don't understand how, as a fan, how you couldn't be encouraged by that. And maybe there isn't people at this point. I mean, at this point, three in a row now after beating the Chargers, like, you got to be encouraged. Like, I mean, you can't not be. I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you if, you, if you if you're discouraged by it. But the bottom line is this, is that they, they've got momentum. Let's hopefully, hopefully we'll see this momentum continue. Does that mean we're going to win out? Probably not. But can we win some more significant games? Can we take out the yeah. Niners? Can we take out maybe the Chiefs? Can we, you know what I mean? Like, those are now going to be our Super Bowls. Can we win some significant games, carry that momentum? into then into 2023 let Ziggler build his roster let Josh do his thing we've got they got that much more time in the playbook my girl Valerie during the game tonight was even talking about it like there was so much pressure on this team there was so much expectation on this team from the get-go these guys are humans yeah they're professional athletes but they're also human beings and maybe it was a little bit too much pressure on them and maybe it got to them I don't know. I'm just we're speculating things, but there was clearly something going on earlier in the season that this team has recovered from and turned it around. So, like, I mean, again, you yeah. got to be encouraged going going into the season. And now, you, Derek Carr is going to have another year in that playbook. They're going to have an entire, you know, a full, another a full off season to go. They're going to bring in some more components to it. Like, I mean, I look. I'm not trying to be all crazy, freaking like you know, delusional Raider <laughs> fan guys. But like for real though, like you don't, I don't sound know that how else. I don't know how else to feel than other than like good about it because we've won three games now. Well, and and that's what that's that's exactly the point I was trying to make over the last several weeks, and some people weren't on board with it because some people, I think, more than anything, like to kind of wallow in self pity and want to be negative because they weren't happy with things. And I understand the not happy with things. I'm sure. Listen, the guys in the locker room weren't happy with it, but I think you reach a point where you maybe maybe just maybe things start to click for you. I mean, we saw Chandler Jones today. And things suddenly, all this work he's been putting in, apparently, that we saw him, we saw him do good things in games, but we didn't see him what he got paid to do, which was come in and sack the quarterback. He does it three times. Now, I get it. Some people, well, he's playing the Chargers there without two of their offensive linemen. I get that. It doesn't matter, though. At this point, you just want positive movement on this team. You want your team to do well. Think about what they're going to develop next year. Right. And this is gets back to something that we talk about on the show all the time. And you guys talk about on Raiders fan radio every week, too, which is like, how much instability are you happy with? Do you want another coach, another quarterback, another GM every single year? That's why the Raiders are in the position they're in for the last 25 years or plus is because of the constant turnover. So you have to stick with things. And it seems as though. Even though we still have doubts about certain players around how good this team can be, the reality is, though, that it's trending in the positive direction. This season could have very easily, Murph, fallen off the rails completely, and this team could be 2-10. and ten. Yeah, and we've seen Raider teams do that. You know what I mean? And that's the thing is that, like, you look back at – I mean, I won't call them all out but because there's a lot of them, but, like, 2006, <laughs> but, like – you know, there's been plenty of times where we've seen that. We saw the Raiders go, what, 4-0 and in the preseason one time, and then Warren Sapp was telling us about how it, it, it built a winning culture in the locker room, and then we won two games that year. Like, I mean, come on. So, I mean, we've seen that version of the Raiders before, but I'm telling you, this version of the Raiders is not that. And and so, you know, our, our, again, I, I, are we going to get totally crazy about it? No, but, like, but you've got to be encouraged by it. Um, you know, I've got a question for you, Scott. How about yep. this, too? And I, I got a question for you. So as much as we've done this jettisoning of players uh, of, of, of recent, not picking up fifth year options, all that kind of stuff, there have been some players that have shown up 
for this Raiders team, Cleveland Farrell would be an obvious one to point at who had a very effective game today. Half sack tonight. Do you tonight. see a world where we start bringing back some players that like early on we would have been like, oh, no, these guys are gone. But maybe because of sure. the effectiveness of coaching, maybe because of the change in the culture of the organization, whatever the things are that are they're impacting and adding, you know, improvement to their play. Are we going to see some of these guys come back next year for the silver and black? It's it's a great question, and I, I obviously that starts with 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 uh, Josh Jacobs, and with Josh Jacobs, of course, this stretch he is on fire. He is the best running back in the NFL right now. Okay, there's just no doubt about it. He's playing hurt, which is something he didn't do before. Okay, so so it can be because it's a contract year. I don't know, and the Raiders are going to have to make a tough decision because if they have to go out and they want to sign him, and depending what Saquon Barkley brings in, the market could set at a very different level. But I will tell you this, he's having a very special year, and yes, I think players, we talked about it at the beginning of the summer, actually, was like Clee Farrell. Yeah, he's he's basically on his last year, right? Because he was de- he w- he was declined his option as well. And so he has to play himself into a job. And you know what? If I'm the Raiders, he's played well. Is he a number over, four overall pick? No, he's not. He's not that good. He should have never been picked there. But that wasn't his fault. He's playing well. And if you can get him at the right price, absolutely. So I think a lot of this is guy it's not the Jonathan Abram situation all those guys are gone right the guys that you really didn't feel like uh they're not going to make it everyone else who's there Murph has an opportunity to make this team if they want to stay and if the Raiders want to pay them and 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 they see them fit into the future picture but listen they're all playing in their system under this regime and they're playing well so you got to like the chances at least of the Raiders having to consider to sign them and why wouldn't you if they're there already and they're doing well and they know the system? You know, I think you can get Clee Farrell to mention him. I mean, I, I think you can get him at a, at a, at a reasonable price. You know I, what do I mean, too. He's not going to yeah. go out and sign a big old giant contract somewhere. So, you know, <laughs> but like for everything that you said, you know, he's going to be somebody familiar with the system. He's been effective in it. So why wouldn't you bring him back? And then Josh Jacobs, you could franchise tag him for two years at 12, right. six, I think is what it is. Yeah. So like, you know, and then he starts, you know, you get him up, he's bumping 28 years old and then maybe you let him walk. I mean, I, I mean, but there's a world where we can uh, certainly absolutely uh, keep those guys. And and so, you know, I just, I'm gosh, again, I'm not trying to be freaking Pollyanna over here, but sure, like, sure. when you look at the pieces that we have, the improvements that we've made, give Ziegler an off season, I'm telling you, I think this is going to be a uh, I think we are definitely trending in the right direction. I'll just say that. Well, and and you also look at situations like the offensive line. We just praised the offensive line earlier in the show because they have been unbelievable. Again, no sack uh, today against the Chargers. They did not give up a sack. Uh, Derek Carr has the best pocket he's had in a long time. He's comfortable back there, is able to do that. And uh, the run game, obviously, is going crazy. So those guys are – does that mean that you don't go out and get two better offensive linemen? No, but now you have depth. You know the guys that are there now can play. So so that's what you need in the NFL because there's always going to be players in and out of the lineup with injuries and whatnot. And so the reason why teams go further in the playoffs and and do well in the season is because when there is attrition, they have the next man to stand up. And so the Raiders are learning about some of these guys who might not be starters on other teams, but they're playing really well 
well here. They may earn their way into a starting position next year, or at the very least, the Raiders hold on to them and say, hey, you know what? We want you here. We're going to go out. We might get somebody that's going to start ahead of you, but you're going to be a rotational guy. And that's great. And that's what the rest of this season should be about. It should be about evaluating players. Of course, you're going to win games and you want to win games. That's the number one focus of a professional football team. But at the same time, you got to do it. So, so I agree with you, Murph. This is what you have to look at as fans, too. Look at these players who are playing hard. Deron Harmon came in as a free agent. He's been around a while. That's a guy, man. Listen, I, he's a leader on that team more than the play he's had on the field. He has shown that he's leading that young defensive backfield, and that's huge. Huge, and that's and that's the, all the leadership and all the culture and all those things that we talk about all the time, those high-level concepts. That's where it happens to the guys. I mean, guys like Deron Harmon are effectively coaches on the field, right? I mean, they're, they're mentors to these young – if you don't think he's a mentor to Trayvon Merrick, then, I mean – what else are you watching? Like, I mean, you, right. you, you know, that. I mean, you saw they're literally Trayvon Merrick's play is starting to simulate or emulate, I should say, a Duran Harmon. Like you start to see those things show up and that's awesome. Like that's one of the things that is so beautiful about the Raiders organization is in terms of like you think about what 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 Al has always done and what Mark mm -hmm. does now. You bring back the legends of the team. You bring back. Marcel Reese, you bring back Villapiano and Daryl LaMonica to speak to your team at a training camp. You bring you bring back a Willie Brown to be on the coaching staff forever. Like you bring back those players in order to share that knowledge and to share their, you know, whatever the things were that made them great with the young men that are on the field. And that's what you and that's what you see with like a Deron Harmon. It's like that stuff starting to like you saw last year with Richie Incognito. The guy was hurt, yeah. but he's still around the building because he was able to like you know effectively be a coach on the field, but. That said, Scott, I, some to I want to tap back into a little bit. And interesting, what you said about like drafting is that like, you know, you could draft highlight reels in the first round, but you sure. draft championships in the later rounds. That's where you build your team. Sure. And so, if, if we can have the core of this team, the core of our offense, the core of our defense, if we can have that stuff established with not only young men but like Max Crosby, but KG veterans like Chandler Jones and Deron Harmon, if we can have those things established and then build around them with depth, like it's – again, I'm not getting crazy here, Raider Nation. I'm in my feelings <laughs> a little bit, but I'm, I'm not getting totally crazy. But, like, this thing could freaking turn around. We could be in for a great finish to this season and a killer freaking 2023. Yeah. Like, I, it's – here's what I'll, I'll say this and then I'll shut up. Well, earlier on, I, would, I was saying this about the Raiders. Until you give us reason to believe otherwise, until you give us evidence to trust a different opinion, we got to believe with what we see. We saw bad coaching. We saw bad play calling. We saw bad execution. We saw bad body language. We saw, you know, whatever. All the, all the things that were negative about the team. And the team was giving us nothing to believe otherwise. Now it's different. So being that we said all that before and said we gotta we gotta we're gonna need to see something positive out of the team in order to believe different. Well, now we're seeing positivity. So I'm yeah. gonna believe different because that's what we see not only on the field but now in the press conferences and otherwise. And God forbid the column on the left is getting close to the column on the right, and maybe we'll get more on the left than we do on the right, which is wins, right? Right. Well, and, and that's the thing is, is you have to look, did this team, okay, the team reached in, in some ways rock bottom after the car press conference, that was sort of rock bottom. I thought for the team and for him, I mean, he said it, I don't have to say it for him. He said it. And suddenly after that point, to me, it's sort of like anything you do in life and everybody who out there who's listening or watching, whatever you do for a living, you have to lead at some point, people, a team, whatever, a project, whatever it is. And there's always difficulties and you hit 
you hit a bump in the road or a big berm or a freaking mountain. It doesn't matter what it is. And it's all how you respond to it, right? It You can give up, retreat back down the mountain and just sit there and do nothing. Or you can fight over it and say, I don't care. I just have to believe that when I get over it, eventually things will get better. And it seems I'm not painting you know, the perfect picture of this team, right? Because obviously they had a terrible start to the season. But to your point, Murph, this team is making, if I'm a fan, that's what I want to see. I want to see, okay, you reach rock bottom, you disappointed me again, but I'm going to see you finish on a strong note. You're not making the mistakes you made four weeks ago. You're not making the same mistakes you made when you blew a 20 to nothing lead and two 17 uh, point leads. You did not do that this time against one of your heated rivals. And so that is a step in a positive direction. And Murph, I think that's where this team is. This team is now going one game at a time, right? Like our good friends out there who've beaten addiction and you say, hey, I'm taking it one day at a time. That's what the Raiders did. And it seems to be working. They're buying in. And more importantly, they're believing in themselves and in one another. And that's how you win football games. Very well put, Scott. And I, I, you know, couldn't reinforce that more in the idea that we're not defined by the mistakes we make. I mean, and that's and that's more than just a sports an analogy. It's it's in life. Like that's not what defines us. Things can happen to us externally, or we can be responsible directly for negative things that happen in our life. But what do we do in response to those things? And what that's what defines our character. And Correct. right now, the Raiders' character is being defined by winning three freaking games in a row. So like they're <laughs> doing the right thing. You know what I mean? So like yeah. the, the, the the change is there, and and that's the and again. So what what the specifics are of those changes? Those are the things that we don't know because we're not inside the walls of Henderson. And, and, and I wish we could be more so. And we're dependent upon local beat writers and otherwise to, to, to share that stuff with us. And, 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 and I, would, I would trust that we would gain more of an insight probably after the season's over. We'll really know what the kind of the nuts and bolts of it, of, of it is. But, yes, absolutely, it's that response. That's what it is. And that's why I get encouraged by this is because it's not just – well, this was bad and then it ended bad. It's like, no, it was bad and then it got better and it's continuing to get better. And so that, you know, resiliency on and off the field, like, I mean, it's it's hard to root against that. And I don't know how you right. can, you know, how you can, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know how either. Uh, and I think you have to root for this team the rest of the way. I know Raider Nation, I mean, listen, 99.9% .9 of Raider Nation's always rooting for their team to win. There's always that 0.1% who's a little wacky, but that's okay. Uh, that's their life. <laughs> there you go. Um, but that's the thing is it, 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 you have to look at it that way, and I think that this team has an opportunity. And, again, there's still hope. You can watch Rudy every weekend and you want to hear about somebody who didn't do anything, was nobody, and came back and, and had a great a story. The Raiders can do that. Look, will the Raiders make the playoffs? The chances are against them. It doesn't mean they can't do it, and it doesn't mean you can't have fun rooting your team on and seeing a bunch of guys get better so that when they get help next year, when they get some young kids, they have all these draft picks and they sign a couple key free agents, whatever they decide to do, they could instantly be better. This team can turn it around very quickly if they end on a positive note and everything seems to be going well. All right, Murph, we're coming up on the end of the show. What I like to do now is tell everybody again to go subscribe to Raiders Fan Radio on YouTube as well uh, as follow Murph on Twitter at underscore Murph, M-U-R-F. Murph, also, again, I know the big crab fest is coming up for the Bolitnikovs in yeah. Las Vegas on December 16th, but I, I just always, it's so important, Raider Nation helps their own. Tell everybody about the One Nation Foundation and what you guys do. 
Appreciate you, Scott. Yeah, so you can go to onenationfoundation.net and check out the nonprofit that we started around our little show, Raiders Fan Radio, when we figured out we could make money with our dopey little podcast. We decided we wanted to give it all away. So all the money that we make by direct donations, merchandise sales, advertising, all that goes to our nonprofit, the One Nation Foundation. And this year, uh, due to the generosity of Raider Nation, we were able to raise 10 grand. And so we're able to, to present a check to the Blitnikoffs. And here in just in two weekends, uh, down there at the Paris Casino in Las Vegas. And so appreciate you, Raider Nation, so very, very much. And all of you that, even if you can't, uh, you know, support it uh, monetarily, we just ask for your thumbs up, your subscribe, you smash the bell, stab the link, do all that stuff the kids <laughs> say. You know, we appreciate you very, very much. And to Scott, to end it on your, on your, on your, on your movie uh, example there, I'll just say this, Raider Nation, Rocky loses at the end of Rocky 1, but then he comes back. And he finishes and he wins the freaking title at the end of episode two. So even if we don't end this season on, with a championship, as long as we end on a high note and yell for Adrian and a big hug at the end of the movie, we got something to look forward <laughs> to. In the next yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's right. The Rocky one. That's a good analogy. By the way, just again, a thanks out to the Bet MGM Sportsbook at the Gold Strike Casino in Tunica, Mississippi, which is where Murph has been coming to us live from. We appreciate that. Bet MGM, of course, on our Odyssey stations in Las Vegas, 1140 The Bet and 98.5 The Fan. You can hear their shows there as well with Bet MGM. So a great partner for Odyssey here and uh, treating Murph down there really well. We certainly appreciate them giving us the great space uh, for the show. Murph, we're going to talk to you next week, my friend. All right, look forward to it. I'll actually be back in the fan cave next week, Scott. So uh, I can't wait to talk to you guys after we beat the Lambs. Let's go, Raiders. There there you go. And it'll be a Thursday night show, so you can watch Raiders Fan Radio on YouTube Wednesday night, and then Thursday night we'll be on live after the game. And I'm actually going to be on location, and I'll tell you about that another time. But that's where we'll be as well, so make sure you're with us next time. Uh, And also make sure that you follow, as I mentioned, follow Murph on Twitter at underscore Murph, and of course Raider Fan Radio on YouTube, and go see the show on Wednesday night as well. Well, folks, I want to thank you guys for joining us here on our live post game reaction show do me a favor again please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio podcast you will find us uh just search silver and black today and you can subscribe put on the auto download that helps us out significantly as well as well as dropping us a subscribe and hitting the notification bell on youtube we will be back on tuesday that's right tuesday with Mo Moten, my co-host, he will be here. We'll put one tiny, fine, fine bow on the win over the Chargers. Talk about uh, what we saw in watching the film after the game, of course. Uh, we'll watch the game a couple times in between now and then and tell you about it, as well as the latest in Raiders news and information uh, that you can always find here on this show. And then we will have our Mailbag Wednesday show, or we might do a regular show Wednesday. And then, of course, Thursday, we usually have a show, but now the Raiders play on Thursday, and we'll have a live post game show so we'll we'll drop extra shows this week so again subscribe and we thank you for that one for our producer david stepanian for murph from raiders fan radio i'm scott Branson for silver and black today and odyssey original podcast we'll talk to you guys next time thanks again for being with us and take care and have a great week enjoy the win raider nation